Hello, and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I am your host, Audrey Wallace, and today I speak with Jason Catlett. And we're going to hear a fun story about how God can use anything to bring someone close to him, including dodgeball. Welcome, Jason, to Unscripted. Thank you, Audrey. I'm glad to be here. Super glad to have you here. I feel like we have bumped into one another. We've served together over years, really. And so I'm excited to hear your story. Mm -hmm. So let's just start at the beginning. Where does your story begin? Wow. My story begins in 1974 in Seabury, Kentucky. Wow. So I was not born and raised in Ohio. Okay. Uh, I did move up here till later on in life, about 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born to a 17-year-old girl who was one of eight children wow. in rural Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. So that was... Um, uh, I don't remember any of that, obviously, yeah. but that was tough for her, okay. you know, because she was raised in uh, a very religious, mm. I want to say, family. Okay. Um, and so she, uh, there was some shame, I'm sure, mm. and, you know, the guilt associated with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, actually that, that didn't really come out so much of my mom. I remember mom as, as a, a strong woman, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. Uh, but like I said, I was I was just kind of the littlest one. I have an uncle that's about eight years older than me, mm. and so for a long time I was just the littlest uh, Reinhard baby. Okay. Yeah. And so you lived in Kentucky how long, and what was your home like in your early years? Ah, okay. So I lived in Kentucky for 19 years, uh, but very early I just remember I remember happiness. I remember okay. I was a really happy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, my Mom um, had me, uh, then she finished high school and got her diploma and got a job Good and, wow. uh, you know, did all of that. And I, I really admire her, mm-hmm. you know, and respect her for that. Um, and then when I was uh, two, I guess she married my, what would be my stepdad, okay. but I don't remember anything before that. Mm-hmm. So I just have, he's my dad. Okay. You know, that's the memories I have. Okay. Yeah. And that was... I think, you know, dad's family was a small business owner, mm-hmm. so we were rich, but we were pretty comfortable, mm-hmm. you know. And my mother's family was, um, my grandfather was a heavy equipment operator for construction and a farmer mm-hmm. to raise food for the family. So mm-hmm. they were hard workers. Uh, they didn't have much money, so they actually had to rely on God and mm. prayer and believed that God mm provided things, mm-hmm. you know, so I had that, I have that foundation at mm-hmm. a very early age of, um, it, this being lived out mm-hmm. around me. Um, you know, and at the, at the same time, uh, I said they were a religious family. So, yeah. so there was, um, an aspect to that, that was, um, tradition or, sure. um, I want to say ritual. They right. wouldn't have never have not relationship, but more ritualistic. Right. As, as far as how you approached God, mm-hmm. um, I. <laughs> you got me thinking about these these mm-hmm. now. Um, but I, at a very early age, I think my my first thoughts of God were just big and just Creator mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, just a wonderful like I think thought of God. But then as that began to take shape. I began to see God, I, I think, as a punisher, mm. you know, that, okay. that uh, wow, this is, it was, it would never have been presented like this, um, but 
I'll just give you an example. I remember, um, and it, and if you're listening and you teach your kids this, stop. Mm. Because I was told at like three or four years old that if I didn't pray before my meal, I would get a tummy ache. Wow. Yeah. That's going to make some seems, impact on your seems faith. Seems pretty innocent, but then like God was, God's going to do what? Mm. You know? You know, and so I didn't. I think that kind of stuck with me, and it shaped me a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And then as as I got older, you know, they took me to church all the time, but I mm-hmm. think I was just kind of like just going, mm-hmm. you know. I was sort of absorbing it through just kind of just being around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in '81, my dad had a, a really rough stretch where where his father died. And he was suddenly uh, a business owner and the head of a family and had a really rough time with that. Mm-hmm. And, and, he, and he began drinking okay. to deal with that. Um, so there wasn't much stability there as far as, as far as dad. You know, I didn't know if he was going to be angry or in a good mm-hmm. mood or okay. kind of up and down. And um, when I did well, I was praised. And when I did poorly, mm-hmm. I was punished. So the mm-hmm. performance thing was, sure. you know, still kind of built into me and shaping me. Uh, let's get into some, like, I really liked being outdoors, mm-hmm. like uh, the woods and streams and being out and escaping. And I you're think. still in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Out in oh, the country. Yeah. So there's plenty oh, of streams yeah. to frolic in. You know, hunting and fishing, like I said, and just, just spending hours mm-hmm. out in nature, just mm-hmm. kind of being by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, still, I get a, I, that fulfills me, mm-hmm. you know, that's still something I really like to do. Um, and I think as, as I got older, um, moving more into like grade school, um, I was nine years old mm-hmm. when I went to, they used to be called RAs, we were Royal Ambassadors, if oh. you like. Yeah, it's like a it's a Southern okay. <laughs> Baptist Royal thing. Royal Ambassador, yeah, so Southern Baptist thing. But we were Royal Ambassadors for Christ, wow. and then the girls were GAs. They were Girl Ambassadors for mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, but it was a it was a camp, and so the age limits were nine years old to uh, I think it was fifteen, right? Okay. And I'm nine, so I'm like the one of the very youngest ones there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember having a lot of fun, doing some crafts, you know, doing yep. some things like that. And But then at the end of every day, it was like the gathering, you know, where, where they would give us a little message or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, well, it was one of the last days of the trip, and it was mm-hmm. it was the Hellfire Brimstone mm-hmm. message. Okay. And, um, you know, I think at nine, I was beginning to understand sin and mm-hmm. things like that, but not clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I felt convicted or what, but I thought, you know, kids started like walking down front. They do the altar call in yeah. like the Southern Baptist the altar yeah. call. So I thought, there's no way I'm going to go down there and found myself walking down there. Mm. Not literally not knowing what I was like, what is, what is even going on here? Wow. I know I don't want to like go to hell or mm-hmm. like the bad things they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was one of the last ones to go down. So they took me out the back, like the side door. And there were already counselors out there and already some older kids, and they were all, like, crying mm. and bawling around. And I just – I started crying. I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. And the guy was like, are, are you sure you don't want to do this? I'm like, yeah, I'm really sure I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they gave me a, what we call a Bible tract mm-hmm. or whatever and sent me back to my room. And I calmed down, mm-hmm. you know, and I must have rejoined them later on and finished out the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my aunt, one of my mom's sisters, who I would say is still one of my 
spiritual advisors now. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back home after the trip, and, and she found me by myself and said, oh, you know, Brother mm. R.W. said you got saved on the trip. Oh, okay. And I just started crying again. Mm. I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and okay. I kind of I rolled with that for a long time wow. that, yeah, sure, I got saved. Mm. You know, but The no. depth of understanding, no, the, the, even the desire for it. Looking, looking back now, I, I see that, I think, as, the, as sort of an awakening okay. for me. I believe that was a time when God may have touched my heart and said, I choose you. Mm. And uh, that's a two-way street, you mm-hmm. know, with you and Gary. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary couldn't just choose you. Right, you had right. to choose Gary back. There's a covenant um, there. So that's what happened. That was my very first experience with, mm-hmm. like, a personal experience with God. Um, but I, I kind of went into my teenage years there and was not per, not interested at okay. all. You know, they would took me to church every week. I can I memorized King James Version Bible, wow. you know, okay. verses and things. You're going like through the that. motions. Absolutely, you're doing what needs to yeah. to do. Yeah, right. And I so I was I was actually also a little awkward as a kid, and I would. Um, um, I would say I would have a couple of different personalities that mm. I pull out, you know, in certain okay. situations. The church, Jason. The, church the Jason. school, Jason. Maybe there was the nature, Jason. Did you jock, Jason? Any any of you know hat that you needed to wear in order to fit in with the crowd and perform, perhaps. Right, and just I remember I think feeling a sense of unworthiness of like I know I'm just feeling like I'm a bad person mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know if that came from right. home life or, or sure. whatever, but it was just what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then going into high school, um, I didn't have girlfriends. I was the skinny guy with, mm-hmm. with glasses mm-hmm. and a weird part in my hair. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, need a, I need a picture of this. Can you please uh, there, there post some one in the comments? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could find some somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as soon as I was 18, I didn't want to go to church anymore. And, okay. they, and I didn't have to, so mm. I didn't. And um, um, yeah, that's when I became, uh, I think also somewhere in, in high school, I, I really felt a rebellious spirit begin. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, I can't please God. Mm. He's not going to be happy with me. Mm-hmm. I can't please my dad. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be happy with me. Yeah, I'm just going to rebel mm. against everything that is... I can't win, so I'm just going to have right. fun doing right. other things. And small rebellions. You know, I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't juvie or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, but yeah, it was, it was a spirit of rebellion mm-hmm. that I think that was just began to develop in me in my high school years. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved up here to Ohio okay. when I was 19. So I got out of high school, got a job, lost the job rather quickly okay. because I came to work late all the time. Yep, that rebellion biting yeah. you. <laughs> and uh, there was a job opportunity in Akron, Ohio at mm. Akron Foundry. My uncle worked up here, said, come on up here, we'll give you a job. Wow. And I had never lived outside of Webster County, Kentucky my entire life. Wow. So I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. Let's go. You want to escape? Let's go like 600 miles away. <laughs> yeah. Really get out. <laughs> yeah. And and so when I when I got up here, I, I think that, um, you know, my my parents had uh, I don't want to say they kept a tight rein on me, but mm-hmm. my dad 
was a business owner, so mm-hmm. there was a reputation. Sure, sure. Everywhere in, the, I was Tony Catlett's son. Oh, okay. you're Tony Catlett's son. Okay. Well, up here, I could just be Jason. Mm-hmm. There's you some know? freedom there. There was, Yeah, there's freedom. There's, um, so I, I kind of dove right into that, figuring out who I am, mm-hmm. and the rebellion, and things were part of that. Uh, I, the party scene drew me mm-hmm. because I could put on another character mm-hmm. and be the life and then and feel like I feel worthy mm. um, temporary yeah absolutely mm-hmm. temporary and but I cycled through that for probably 10 years from my 20s to my 30s leaving okay. a trail of broken things mm-hmm. you know, behind me mm-hmm. um, anybody that knows me um, probably would be surprised at um, the life I lived I mm-hmm. think in my 20s and okay um, you know, I I, th- it, I had I struggled with alcohol myself because, mm-hmm. like I said, escapes sure. you know drew me. Sure. Uh, so I struggled with alcoholism myself, and um, I was getting kicked out of one more place where I was living on someone's couch, trying mm. to find a basement to go stay in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I kind of came to my senses with that. Okay. You know, I remember. I actually remember the last beer I ever even drank. It was wow. October 23rd, 2003. Wow. And I didn't even drink the whole thing, but I took a big guzzle and put it down. I said, I'm finished. And that was the last time. Coming up on a 20-year anniversary. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's a really big deal. Yeah, I am. Thank wow. you. Congratulations. Thank you. So sounds like maybe some life change is about to start. Life change was kind of already happening okay. at the time. I, you know my wife, Paula. I do. Uh, I love your wife, Paula. For listening, um, my wife, Paula, uh, you'll see her around the church, but you mm-hmm. never hardly see us together. Mm. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, that's what, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Putting that for uh, later. But I'm, I met my wife, Paula, um, in 2003, and we met at a two-year-old's birthday party. Okay. Yeah. She was um, the people I was the people whose basement I was staying in. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife worked with Paula at a flower shop, mm-hmm. and she said, "You've got to meet my boss. She needs to loosen up a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey, uh, but it, and so it was a total like ambush mm-hmm. for Paula. You know, it was come over to uh, Jordan's birthday party, and I knew she was coming, but okay. I didn't. She didn't know she was being set up. Gotcha. So, so this is like a blind date, literally blind, well, half blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, half blind. Uh, because I, I, the first thing that struck me about her was her hair. She had this big curly mm-hmm. power. Yeah, you hair, can't miss you that. Know, she's just a, she's an independent lady, and mm-hmm. that was like wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to talk to her because I knew that our friends were trying to set this up, and she figured it out. And wouldn't talk to me. So <laughs> okay. she said. Just the like, way she would. Turned away yep. from me. Well, I'm trying to make conversation. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, this girl thinks I'm a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Well, come find out she did like me, but mm-hmm. was just put off a little bit by the situation mm-hmm. she was put in. But, so anyway, that's, that's how I met Paula. And our first date, so there's an overlap here, because our first date, I had three beers. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I went home after the date and got drunk. Mm. But... That was the only time she's ever seen me drink mm. alcohol because before our next date, mm. I knew I didn't want to keep couch surf- mm-hmm. keep couch surfing. Mm-hmm. I knew I was about thirty years old at this time, and yeah. it's it's 
it's time to grow up, mm-hmm. you know. And here's an actual good mm-hmm. woman that, like, is interested in me and mm-hmm. I might actually have a chance with. So I knew there were some immediate changes that needed to be made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to make sure it wasn't just another broken piece in the trail, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And was she was she stern about things, too? Was she making requesting changes or you just sensed that and it came out of your own spirit? No, she never requested it. She mm-hmm. She never saw me drunk. Okay. Never. And I'm glad for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, she didn't really request that much of it. She requested I get a place to stay mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than mm-hmm. somebody's basement. Very wise, and, Paula. Thank you. You know, <laughs> and and she was very patient. And actually, um, my mother says she rescued me. I begged mm-hmm. it of her. But, uh, but she was a big reason that I began to mm-hmm. seek to become a man mm-hmm. rather than whatever that boy was Mm -hmm. and so that's beginning of your love story with her as Mm -hmm. well as the end of the you know the juvenile side Mm -hmm. of of your life and so how where's Jesus in this how does how does he re-enter the picture was he you know were you interacting with him still were you still going through the motions and showing up on Sundays or were you in rebellion there I hadn't been back to church since I was uh, 18 or Mm -hmm. 19 years old and I'm 29, Mm -hmm. you know, about 30 at the time. And when I met Paula, I said, well, I used to be Baptist, but I'm really nothing. Okay. You know, and she said, well, I used to be Catholic, but I'm really nothing. Wow. So that was, that was us when we got married, you know, but God actually really came and redeemed that later. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, Jesus was nowhere in our Mm -hmm. marriage or in our lives at all when we met. You Mm -hmm. know, we just kind of did the best we could do with... Uh, as worldly thinking people, and which was all about self, mm-hmm. really, pretty much. And you know, mm-hmm. even though you're uh, married um, with children, you know, you're still. I was still found myself thinking my myself was my first thought mm-hmm. always. Okay. How's this going to inconvenience me? Or, mm. And and I was still um, breaking away completely. I think from the party scene, so mm-hmm. I would be gone sometimes, and she wouldn't know where I was. Mm. And, um, I always came back, mm-hmm. you know, but but still, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy for marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's so. That's about two thousand and three mm-hmm. is when we met. So two thousand five, we got married. Okay, uh, she had Gabe already. Mm-hmm. If you know my son Gabe, he's twenty two mm-hmm. in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's same situation as I had with my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he was about eighteen months, two years old. Wow, and so I'm. His dad. Your dad. You know. mm-hmm. uh, and then we had uh, our other son, Jace, together, mm-hmm. who's 17. He goes to Copley. He's mm-hmm. a senior football player. All right. I uh, can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was born in, in 2005. And that's kind of when um, I think life, you know, and life, kind of real life. The reality, the yeah. impact, the long term impact of things mm-hmm. starts to settle in. Mm-hmm. We have a human now that we're responsible for and, yeah. and all that. And so what does that look like? Uh, well, that looks like, I think, me trying to figure out what it means to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't know, really. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had some ideas, and I, but I didn't, I didn't really have that really solid example of this sure. is a good mm-hmm. husband and a good dad. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of flubbed a lot of things there, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, they 
they give me a lot of grace and I thank them for that. Mm. But Hey, God gives children no memory until, you know, they're five, six, <laughs> so they don't remember it. So we get to practice for a while. So mm. thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually came to grace. I'll get the, I'll, I'll get to that part. We, mm-hmm. we came to grace in 2012. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2012. So there was a was what six to about a six year stretch there where we were married, and mm-hmm. I didn't find out till much later in a life group that I was like an inch away from being divorced wow. during that time. Okay. Uh, but God really, like I said, God really redeemed all that, and uh, so mm. Jace was going to preschool at um, St. Hillary's, mm-hmm. so at the Lutheran Church mm-hmm. here in Fairlawn, and Kelly Vetrano was his. Yes pre-K teacher. Yeah. Uh, so Paula inter- would interact with Kelly, and we we kind of were thinking about going to church for the mm-hmm. kids. It's always, you know, because the kids. Yeah, need yeah, to go yeah. Back they, to need, they need it, not me. At least we need to expose I got them this. to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kelly invited us to come to Grace. And Kelly invited Paula uh, mm-hmm. you know, to come to Grace. So Paula came back. She's like, hey, there's this church. And mm. they have like uh, they have like guitars and drums, mm-hmm. and the pastor a wears slide. sandals. And I'm like, no way! Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Southern Baptist. Pastors mm-hmm. don't wear sandals, and there's not drums and mm-hmm. a guitar. You know? I think he would say the same thing from him coming out of his youth, right? Yeah. Which is probably why he does all that. Yeah, and. Uh, so actually, I said no. We're not going to do that. Mm. <laughs> we we were trying some other churches that mm-hmm. just didn't fit. And God is. This is where God starts mm-hmm. to come in. But God. But God. You said that earlier. But God. <laughs> I heard those two words. You know, because He through one person is reaching out to my wife, mm. and then I work at Akron Foundry. Mm-hmm. Um, been there for almost thirty years. Wow. Uh, this guy came into work and was working. We worked there for about one year, mm-hmm. and in that one year period, he said. Um, hey, will you come play dodgeball with me at this church? Oh. And I'm like, dodgeball? What yep. are you talking about? He's like, oh, yeah, it's cool. We have, like, uh, custom T-shirts. We'll wear the tube socks. <laughs> yes. We'll make, it like, a thing out of it. Uh, and I said, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go do that. God can use and dodgeball. I didn't know it was Grace mm-hmm. Church mm-hmm. when I came here. Uh, but when I came in, it was totally different from any experience, church experience I'd ever experienced. And it mm-hmm. wasn't even church. It was mm-hmm. just like the dodgeball thing. Mm-hmm. But there were still groups of men like praying together mm-hmm. and having fun. And they were normal people wow. with normal lives. Yeah. And I called Paula from the lobby. I said, Paula, we're coming here. She's wow. like, well, where? I said, it's Grace Church. She's like, that's the church. That's the one. <laughs> that's the, uh, the hippie church. <laughs> <laughs> Sandals and all, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started, and and oh, wow. Uh, so we started coming here in 2012, mm-hmm. February, and there were some other events uh, that led us to come into here, but mm-hmm. it all pointed sure. to this place. Sure. Um, so I started coming in 2012, and just fact checking Jeff. I, I didn't know. Well, I, I didn't have the facts. Yeah. I didn't have the facts. I didn't know really what the Bible said, but I knew. Enough to like, I knew what false teaching was or mm-hmm. something, you know, that. And so I would listen to what he said, write down the references mm-hmm. and take notes. And I'd go home and look and be like, yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. come back. And that went on from February of 2012 till September. And, you know, getting more comfortable. And I remember during that, what's eight month, mm-hmm. eight, nine month period there, 
coming home and saying, Paula, nobody, nobody talked to me today. Mm. She said, well, did you talk to anybody? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so the, still wrestling through, sure. like, what is church? And, mm -hmm. um, and so Jeff started a series that year called One Step. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think the premise is really like, if you just take one step towards yeah. God, you know, yeah. he's going to come running towards you. Sure. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't buy the discipleship manuals or anything. I still wasn't really, I wouldn't say a follower or a Christian. I was just kind of coming and like amazed really mm -hmm. at like what's, what the things that I'm hearing from the stage. Cause mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's tearing apart my religion. Yeah. Deconstructing it a little yes. bit and adding the pieces that are, are the real pieces we need back in maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that's what he was doing, mm. but he was tearing down my religion. And he, by he, I'm like, that was God that was doing that. You know, it may, pieces have come out of Jeff's mouth, pieces have come out, you know, but really that was God and that's what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I still didn't know God at that mm -hmm. point. God was still um, inspecting, Distant. disappointed, and you can't please him. So, mm -hmm. you know, why bother trying? Um, but I began to see I began to see God differently. I began to see him as a father. You know, I knew mm -hmm. that. I could say the Lord's Prayer, but actually mm -hmm. looking at him as a father? Mm -hmm. No. You know. And is that even a thing you wanted? <laughs> you know, is that a healthy relationship that you wanted from him? Precisely. It's a little yeah. uncertain. But during that sermon series, um, Jeff was asking things like, um, you know, the religion questions, like, do you think, it's about the church building. Do you think God wants you to come to this church building? Mm. And actually the answer was yes. But his, mm. he said no. Mm -hmm. You know, stay home. Watch it online. Mm -hmm. I've never heard a preacher say that. Mm. Uh, do you think God wants your money? I'm like, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? No. He doesn't need your money, in mm -hmm. fact. Why don't you just keep it? You mm -hmm. know. And so hearing these things is, I, I describe it as circuits frying, like, Smoke was yeah. probably coming out of my ears. And, and you felt like the only person in the room I hearing did. the message. I yeah. sure did. You know, and he and what does God want from you? I mm -hmm. think maybe might have been the title of the sermon. Mm. And uh, it got down to that question at the end. What does God want from you? Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. Mm. No idea. And and the, it was so simple. He wants your heart. Mm -hmm. He wants you. Mm -hmm. um, but then... At this point, I know that like my heart's beating really fast, and I, I'm sweating, and I know I'm I'm like shaking. I mm -hmm. don't know really what's going on with me because during when the, during that sermon during the sermon in the room. Okay. and going to the end of the sermon, and uh, they turned off the lights for the band, and they played a mm. clip from the Passion of the Christ, which I had mm. never seen, and it was that scene where they're just whipping him, mm -hmm. you know, and just tearing his flesh off, and and and. It, I, I probably could have imagined that before, but mm. but it was always from the aspect of Jesus is taking my punishment, mm. right? And, and like, there's truth to that, yeah. But it's deeper. It's part it's of so it. So much more beautiful than that. But okay, I should be punished. He's taking my punishment. That's what God's wrath looks like. Mm. That's mm -hmm. what my mind was saying. Well, the band finished and the lights came up, and the very first words out of Jeff's mouth were. That's what love looks like. Love. Love. And, and for the very first time in my life, I saw God not 
as the wagging finger or the fist mm. about to pound me, but mm-hmm. a, but for the hand. Ooh. He's yeah. reaching out to rescue me and mm-hmm. save me. And still to this day, when somebody says, what's God to you? He's, he's the God of the outstretched hand. Mm-hmm. And it was, he was reaching down, Audrey, because he was choosing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt chosen. Mm-hmm. I felt loved. And that was life-changing for me. Mm. And so I sat on it, and I didn't know what to do with it, mm. but we were driving home that day, and Paula's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. nothing's wrong. You know, leave me alone. Yeah, hide <laughs> it, hide it. But she's just like, what is wrong with my mm-hmm. husband? And we, we got home, and I know I went right out to my garden and hit right on my knees mm. and put my face in the dirt, and I asked yeah. God to save my soul. And another first time in my life, I, I actually worshipped mm. him there wow. and broke into a million pieces, and he put me right back together. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that the very first person I called was not my mom, not my dad. I called my aunt, mm. the one that I had rolled with the, yeah, sure, I'm saved. Mm. You know, At nine years old, I called her, a blubbering mess. Wow. But I call her. I'm like, I'm, I'm saved. I gave my life to Jesus, you know. And, wow. and so she's talking through that with me. And, you know, I'm sorry I lied to you. She's like, Jason, you know, I'm just happy that yeah. you're finally here. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's that's my I got the saved redemption story. story. My redemption story. So what changed? What changed that day? How did you, did you go in and tell your wife? Was did you, What was that like afterward? I did. You know, I think I, I had to, I called my aunt first and talked to her and cried with her and then went and told Paula. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was happy, but at the same time, she she wasn't there. And so let's keep going to church. Let's mm-hmm. keep doing these. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she really knew what to do with it. And mm-hmm. at the same time, she was probably watching me mm-hmm. to see, like, is this is What actually happens and yes. the evidence in your own walk. Okay. Right. And I would say that immediately um, God pulled me into his word mm. because I knew the answers were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was savvy enough to know that, like, that's the book, mm-hmm. you know, but I still didn't know what was in it or what he would want of me. And, and also, as a brand-new baby Christian, uh, a guy from my work found out, I'm telling people, hey, mm-hmm. I follow Christ. He's like, like the woman from the well. So, <laughs> so one guy says, great, let's have a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Like, fantastic. Wow. Let's go up to the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So he opens his Bible and shows me a, a really obscure passage about false teachers in Jude, uh, one or two verses in Hebrews 10, and, can, and told me that I could lose my salvation if oh. I'm not very careful. Wow. And so that plays right into my performance, right. punishment, my all performance of those and, and all these things that had gotten torn down. Sure. Played right back into that. Mm. And so I panicked. I'm like anyway, I, mm-hmm. I had to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I and I and God gave me that man mm. to push me into the word. Mm-hmm. I know he did. Double down. Yes. Because I needed to find out what was in that book. Mm-hmm. And so for two years I'm doing the best I can with it. I didn't find like a mentor or somebody to help me. Mm. I grabbed a machete and hacked off into the bushes mm. of mm-hmm. like Deuteronomy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a deep one. But it's, it's some good, important stuff. It's a, it's a recap, <laughs> <Yeah>. really. <laughs> it recaps yeah. the first four. Uh, but um, so 
I spent two years really finding out who is God sure. and, and what is. And then I was finding out there's things like commentaries. There are things mm-hmm. like study Bibles that can help you. Mm-hmm. And so that was for two years. I'm really digging into the Word and, and everything I can. And I start and everything. Then I start to read. Everything I start to read is repent and be baptized. John the Baptist says, repent and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, repent and be baptized. Oh, and go into all the world and baptize people. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I think I'm beginning to hear from God. You yeah. know, I'd never really heard, like, I think his voice, mm-hmm. but I felt like he was telling me to be baptized. Okay. And so I, that was I, my first act of obedience was getting baptized. Mm. You know, if he told me, uh, I want you to lead mission trips, I want you to give speak on a podcast, I want you to lead Bible studies, I might have gone, run, ran out the doors. But wow. he said, I want you to get dunked in water. Wow. And I said, okay. You say you did that. I did that. And this is now still examples that you're setting for your family, for your wife, mm-hmm. and leading spiritually, which maybe you hadn't seen before. I had never yeah, mm-hmm. experienced before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was 2014, so that was almost two years to the day after I gave my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I took my really, I say, my first step of obedience. And after that, um, I think I began to see how God will speak to the Christian. And it's mm-hmm. through other people. It's through his word. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, it's through my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but things, when when enough pearls get strung together, like... Mm-hmm. There's something from God. Mm-hmm. You know, God is going to, he's not random. Mm-hmm. He does things intentionally. Uh, so after our baptism, um, I remember listening to Jeff again and at another service. And it wasn't even a service about uh, mission trips or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't even know what it was. But at the end, he was talking to us saying, you know, close your eyes and ask God. Um, mm. He was talking about, if you're good with language, he, what he said was, if you're good with language, maybe you should take a trip to Haiti. And it was like an egg timer went ding, like inside. <laughs> wow. You know, or like the guitar hit the, just the perfect chord yeah. that just... You could feel it. It resonated yeah. inside me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's so I kept that thought to myself. But then uh, we were in a life group at that time, and it was maybe three weeks after the life group leader said, hey, we're going to take a mission trip to Haiti. You wow. Should. I'm like, yeah. I, I see what's happening yep, here, so okay. Mm-hmm. And that, so that began, I think, experimenting with what it means to obey God mm-hmm. and like seek Him, sacrifice, and yeah, and sacrifice, and and what is it you want me to do? Mm-hmm. You know, because because like I said, He's not random, and He doesn't do random things, but we do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I can look back that sure. like, yeah, I just tried something. Yep. Yeah, and it. Just God wasn't. He brings in it. order to the chaos. We bring <laughs> chaos to the chaos, and right. he, he'll put that into order right. if you're hearing His voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so you're starting to do missions trips. Sounds like there was a plural there. Is that a, a part of your part of your story too? Yes, it is, mm-hmm. and that's that's God developing me. I think you know I thought I had this big thing to take over there and like save the world, mm-hmm. but. You know, God was just shaping me. Mm-hmm. He's shaping me into a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I took shape a long mm-hmm. time ago. And leadership was way down. Mm-hmm. Wisdom was like way down. Interesting. Um, it was um, service, exhortation, or encouragement, mm-hmm. and and prayer, intercession. Yes, I see uh, that. What, are, what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, well. <laughs> you encourage people through serving them and <laughs> praying for them. Exactly. In the yeah. field. 
And so that's how that's how it played out in, in Haiti. I, I took my first trip as just a participant in 2015. I took I led my first trip in 17, mm-hmm. and uh, led another trip in 18, and then we had to pretty much take 19. But I I went by myself in 2020. Wow. And stayed with Pastor Shalo for five days. Wow. Yeah. And that was that was I think um, an exercise in like let's 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 just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we had canceled 18, canceled 19, we were canceling 20 again. Mm-hmm. 18 months we haven't been over to our ministry partner. Yeah. Let's get over there. So yeah. you went. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little like Abram. God told him to go, so he went. <laughs> there you are. Listening to God's voice. I'm hearing that for you. Is that true like hearing God's voice was something that became important to you and a big part of your journey? It is. And and listening to Separate my voice, I think. Mm, talk and to us about that. I think this is a very common question people have is, which voice is God's? Which is Satan? Which is my own ambitions and performance and desires? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you do that? I don't always do that perfectly. Sure. Uh, but I believe, Ephesians 2.10, that you are God's handiwork, created mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus to do good works, mm-hmm. which he prepared in advance for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so that tells me that that the works were there first mm-hmm. and that God has created me specifically to go do these very specific works. Mm-hmm. So if he's creating me, mm-hmm. and if this goes all the way back, even to we're nine years old, um, then I can look at what has God done and anticipate, I think, and I can, you can um, take a lot of the guesswork out of it um, because what does God want me to do? What is, has he been having you do? Mm-hmm. And what is the logical next step from that? Mm-hmm. Is that what's in front of you? You know, you can, you can think logically about it. Prayer is, you know, paramount mm-hmm. in this because sure. he, will, he will speak to me in prayer. Giving him those still small moments mm-hmm. to be heard right. as well. And what prayer is, is turning your heart and mind towards God. Mm-hmm. And if my heart and my mind are turned towards God, that's how he's going to speak to me. Mm-hmm. It's through my heart or through my mind. Yeah. And a lot of times in prayer, he will answer me immediately. Mm-hmm. And not an audible voice, but th- it's a thought, a thought mm-hmm. that I have mm-hmm. that I have to weigh. And I've learned to um, see when that's God's voice mm-hmm. telling me something. Mm-hmm. Especially if, like, I'm talking to you and you confirm, we haven't sure. talked and you say the same thing. Sure. Or somebody, and I, I read it in my devotional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. Then that is more than likely God's voice, mm-hmm. and it sounds like Scripture, and mm-hmm. it sounds like the things that you study, and the worship music that you worship through, and your own journals that you might go back and read and be reaffirmed. Mm-hmm. And also, what I'm hearing is He gives you everything you need. You know that that's all within you. So the path that's before you, that He is already. He's already gone before you, and so therefore he will equip you, so you mm-hmm. don't have to have fear in that either. Mm-hmm. And so you're probably letting go. You're the deconstruction. You're letting go of the things that hindered you, that held you back. Yeah, which really opened up the doors for, like you said, freedom mm. in worship. Mm-hmm. Audrey, I mm-hmm. I love to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, raising the hands, um, getting down on my knees in prayer, mm-hmm. uh, amening. You know, mm-hmm. I, whatever. Um, I love uh, to let go mm-hmm. in worship because it was always you had to be you know sitting down nobody yeah. raised their hands yeah. in the in the Baptist what yeah <laughs> yeah can you even imagine like 
I don't know, 19-year-old Jason seeing mm-hmm. present-day Jason freely worshiping and the the just like the light I can imagine coming out of your soul as you're doing that, like that person would see you and desire that absolutely and long for that, but maybe not even recognize it because you wouldn't have expected that that's where you'd be at this mm-hmm. point in your life. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So what else do you do to share your your gifts and your your passion for hearing from God, maybe with other men around you, being a spiritual leader for your mm-hmm. family, but also here within our church? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that uh, getting involved in serving wasn't immediate for me. Um, I remember it was when we were going to open Montrose, mm-hmm. and Jeff was, uh, there was a bumper video where Jeff was walking around through the facility and and talking about how it was coming along, and and in my mind, I'm like, no, it's not. That place is, like, <laughs> not put together at all. <laughs> and I, I'm a worker. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a blue-collar worker. Mm-hmm. I work with my hands. And, and so that was the first conviction to, like, why don't you do something? And spiritually gifted for serving. So it's a God thing. Yes. It's in you. He yes. gave it to you specifically. Yeah, and I didn't know that at the time. But I knew that I, I knew I was being lazy, <laughs> yeah. and that that there was things that needed to be done that mm. that I knew how, that I could participate in. Mm-hmm. And so, right after service, I found Pastor Ezra. I'm like Ezra, like that video. Mm-hmm. Those those things are the things I do. Like, mm-hmm. how can I help? Mm-hmm. So he immediately connect. You know, he was the right, right man for that request at the yeah, end of the day. Right away, Perfect. hooked me up with Kevin Root and Carl Shumway. Shout out to Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were doing the construction stuff over mm-hmm. there, the finishing. And so I got involved with them, um, serving and giving and feeling like I'm really working with my hands mm-hmm. for God. And that was so fulfilling for me to be mm-hmm. able to give like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then another, it's, it's always Jeff in a message, right? Mm, so Thank God for that. So, yeah. So this one was actually about serving, but mm-hmm. he encouraged us at the end, uh, close your eyes and pray. And why don't you ask God what he wants you to do? Mm. Ask God how you can serve him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sure. God, how do you want me to serve you? Because I'm a hard-headed man, and I don't want to just do what I want to do. I want to mm-hmm. do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You need to make me trip over it. Mm-hmm. So make it so obvious that I can't deny it's you. And mm-hmm. that was a Saturday night service here at Gent Road. Um, my wife, Paula, was already kind of, involved with Montrose and getting that going. So we were going there for mm-hmm. like the soft launch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked in the front doors and less than 12 hours later after this prayer, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, Serena, if you know her, sure, yeah. points at me just like that from across the room. Wow. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know this lady. Like, what's going <laughs> I didn't know her. Yeah, a point from Serena is serious yeah, business. So I, I can imagine. So I responded. I walked over and she said, you know, I've noticed that we have a lot of same skill sets. You seem to know a little bit about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to go pray about serving with me and, and joining my team. And wow. my mouth's hanging open. Like, <laughs> Were you listening <laughs> to God when he was whispering to me 12 hours ago? So, so I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for that. Mm-hmm. And still a little like stunned, mm-hmm. you know, went in and started the service. And I'm like, Paula, again, mm-hmm. like, I got to go. I got to go. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. And I missed it. I got to go. So I went back out and she was in the lobby. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Whatever yes. you do. Yeah. I don't know what you do, but yes. Predetermined. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I got involved with um, serving with facilities and behind the scenes mm-hmm. and really comfortable with that, mm-hmm. like doing something and not, not 
So no. being on a podcast and telling your entire story is not your comfort zone or this sweet spot? for me. This is new, but you're killing it. So <laughs> thank you for telling, uh, telling all right. us all your story. Uh, so where to pick up Serena? Oh, so she asked me to uh, serve at Montrose. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my job was to open the doors in the morning um, and run, I guess, be there for services mm-hmm. in case something happens and then close the doors and go mm-hmm. home. And then I also did the setup and tear down on Saturdays. Mm. So it set up the chairs on Saturdays. And, and that was a full weekend. God bless the chair movers. Mm-hmm. Man. <laughs> uh, but that was volunteer and, until it was just too big to be a volunteer mm-hmm. position. you know. Um, and so that really built into me big picture thinking. Mm. Okay. And so Luke 2.52, and the boy Jesus increased in favor and wisdom in the eyes of God in the eyes of man. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it was going. Like mm-hmm. here at church, Serena's like, all right, I want to teach you to watch like the whole building mm-hmm. and the whole service and look at all the moving parts and how they fit together. Mm-hmm. And so she taught me that. Mm-hmm. And within a year or two at work, uh, the superintendent position came up and they're like, we want you to watch the whole building wow. and all the parts wow. and how they fit together. <laughs> you have been trained for this moment. <laughs> it's amazing. Right. Right. And and so the two things God I could see that's how God speaks mm-hmm. is when you look back and like you can see what he's done in your life. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to, to make a, a call on the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's brings us almost up to now. Um, I eventually one of the things that happened along the way that I don't want to fail to mention, mm. men, I found a mentor okay. and I found a man. I looked around. And I was like, that guy has a good marriage, all his children know Jesus, mm. all his grandchildren know Jesus, mm. teach me. Yes. You know, please help me figure this out. Yes. And, and it, was, it was awkward. It took me a, about a week or two to build up the courage to walk up to another man and mm-hmm. say, excuse me, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Will you disciple me? Mm. <laughs> you know, it, was, it, was kind of, it felt kind of strange at the time, mm-hmm. but that was also a turning point, mm-hmm. was somebody who does know Scripture. Yeah. who can um, help me understand what right. God wants for my life, what God wants for, my, uh, for me and my wife and my children, and what it means to be a Christian man. Sure. Yeah, spiritual parents can come in many shapes and forms, mm-hmm. and that's part of his sustenance for us and his provision, that even if that's not um, something that we got to experience throughout ages 0 to 18, there's still a way. He will make a way to give mm-hmm. that to you. So I'm so glad that you made that request, and thank you for sharing that here because that is something that we all have available to us if we're able to take that step. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Discipleship, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, and uh, I joined a Bible study. Mm-hmm. So I also got around multiple men mm-hmm. who could uh, help Sharpen. me understand the mm-hmm. Word. And in that particular group, we decided to start taking turns with leadership. Mm-hmm. So it would be my turn to lead. Mm-hmm. And I would be uh, a couple weeks ahead of time preparing for my chapter and in the Word almost daily Mm -hmm. and praying, God, help me, praying, God, speak to me. And Mm -hmm. he would, Mm -hmm. and he would give me amazing, like the Scripture would open up to my mind. Mm -hmm. And then then after my chapter was done, I'd I'd close my book and like maybe I wouldn't open my Bible for Mm -hmm. a whole other week. Mm -hmm. You know, by this time I do know some Bible, Mm -hmm. so I can show up to a Bible study. I can Mm -hmm. participate, Yep. you know, chime in every now and then. 
but I wasn't getting fed and mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't growing and I, I knew I need more of this. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a little selfishly that I asked if I could start my own Bible study. Mm. And so I could do this every week. So you were constantly teaching, <laughs> right? And preparing right. and digging in. Mm-hmm. On... Which was challenging mm-hmm. and which was a new challenge for me, mm-hmm. but it was also a, a time of significant growth mm. over the last couple of years mm-hmm. as far as my understanding of God and salvation and, and being able to help other people understand. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, that's kind of a, a discont, a push, a, an area of discontent for me is people mm-hmm. who um, don't understand God or don't understand the scriptures in the way I did mm-hmm. to where God is out to get you or you're mm-hmm. going to lose your salvation mm-hmm. or any of that foolishness that I want to be equipped to help people. To not have to go through that. Yeah. Right, yes. To, to help be part of the, the gift that you were given, the, the solution, the tool, the handout mm-hmm. that helped pull you mm-hmm. out of that space. At the same time, in any of my Bible studies, my goal is to create is to teach the men to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, don't just come listen to me speak. Yes. I want you to, I want to hear what God says to you through sure. this and sure. teach you how to eat the word for yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Well, just as we said, if 19-year-old Jason saw you today, wow, okay, God is still moving, still working in fresh and new ways, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think he, he – I mean, not that you can see the future, but I think you'll still be saying, wow, 20 years from now, when you look back at even Jason today, so do you have any inklings on what would be next for you in your journey? Yes, um, more leadership development um, as far as like – I'm going to be leading um, global leaders, so training them how to be global leaders and how Mm. to lead teams, Mm -hmm. so leading leaders. Mm -hmm. And definitely part of that is going to be seek God, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do this together. We're going to model this together and so that you know exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. Not that I do, but we'll figure it out together Mm -hmm. what that means for you. Yeah, Um, I've also begun serving at first glance. Mm-hmm. So my, my one Bible study on Tuesday nights, um, we'd been meeting for about a year and I knew that we needed to get busy and kind of start, yeah. you know, serving together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Ball is in my, is in that study. Uh, he is my partner in crime with this. Partner definitely. in crime. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause we're, we are kind of like, we're kind of like a couple pirates, mm. you know, uh, we were serving at first glance for six months before Sarah even found out we were serving at first You glance. just were going. We just were going. And all that came about because we were sitting in study one night, and I said out loud, hey, guys, I think I'd like to find a place for us to serve. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment Bob was getting a text from his wife. She wow. was a sh- like a connector or serving yeah. connector that there's something was going on over at first glance. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, there's a serving opportunity at first glance. There we go. I said, no, I don't, I don't think that's it. I think it's got to be something else. Because you know, at that time, there were Christ Community Chapel guys and us in the Bible study, and we're uh-huh. both attached to Restore. So I thought, well, that, that's the way oh, to go. Yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't drop it. He's like, well, there's this thing at first glance. Uh-huh. Well, you just said you want to serve. I'm giving you a thing to serve. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And it finally came down. He's like, well, it, this is Jerry's thing, so you can't say no to his wife, mm, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. I can't say no to Jerry. So we'll Bob. go and we'll do the one thing then, right? <laughs> like, and then right. Yeah. And I, at this point, I still didn't even know what the serving opportunity was, mm-hmm. but I knew the date we were supposed to show up. So we showed up, 
and there's Gary and Audie Wallace Who and their they? life group. Who are they? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that night. You were our honorary life group member that night. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a picture of us all yes. together, like holding tools. Yeah, hammers representing. Was that your first time being there? That was the first time I, I ever walked I in the door. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but you do just show up places and serve, right? In my life, at least, like in Montrose and all these different spaces. So mm-hmm. you were just there serving. It was a perfectly natural thing. Yeah. So I uh, found out that they wanted us to frame and drywall a prayer room mm. and um, do some kind of co- construction stuff because mm-hmm. the guys in my group are, they do those things. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do any of that. Really? No, okay. I don't know. I, I learned how to uh, staple insulation in between mm-hmm. um what, wall boards, beams, yeah. beams mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but that was um, the beginning of, 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 of a deeper friendship, I think, with me and Bob. And mm-hmm. it was also the beginning of what's next, I think, mm-hmm. for me. God began to really un- un- unroll the path, mm-hmm. I think, in mm-hmm. front of me. Because global missions taught me that the, the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I got a vision for what is the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And then when um, haven't been able to go to Haiti for three years, God's been showing me like, yeah, the kingdom's right in your backyard. There are some local missions that right can be just you. as powerful. And I need you here too. Yeah. Uh, so we do things like that. Um, I don't know. What, you, what would you like to ask me about mm. first glance? <laughs> so do you serve there regularly? Or are you? Oh, uh, once every five weeks. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to lock the guys into like mm-hmm. once a month. It seems like kind of mm-hmm. off frequent. And every six weeks you may mm-hmm. lose touch with your partner. So five seemed a good way to Mm kind of try and start. Um, And that works out Mm -hmm. really well for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we have done work on their their famous skate park. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are working on a women's ministry down downstairs that Mm -hmm. is not in use, but they want to expand to this whole downstairs level Mm -hmm. where they can take uh, single mothers mm-hmm. uh, who really are need to learn how to yeah. be mothers yeah. and teach them things like just basic, you know, cooking mm-hmm. and um, sewing clothes, you know, basic, mm-hmm. basic things like that. Uh, so that's where we're, that's where we're serving now. And uh, again, if there's any men listening mm-hmm. to that, like if this grabs your heart, like this is something I want to mm-hmm. do, uh, people can get you attached to me. Mm-hmm. They, they can get you a hold of me. And I don't attempt you with a good time, but their man up program Mm. is what you're talking about with men your age, men, you know, in our church, but they're teenage boys becoming men, and Mm -hmm. they have opportunities for mentorship to take those teen boys who didn't have a spiritual guidance and teach them how to change oil and teach them how to read the Bible if that relationship builds and grows. Mm -hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Just a little teaser there, but also thinking of working on that prayer room and what a privilege that is. You know, just thinking about building the insulation for the walls that are going to house people who are praying over these kids. Uh, for those who don't know, First Glance is a teen ministry in Kenmore community that is creating a safe space for those kids to go after school on the weekends and to meet adults who would then bring them into a more safe space. And and should that lead to knowledge of Jesus, amazing. But they really try to make it a, a safe and comfortable and fun place to play mm-hmm. so that they can earn the right of relationship mm-hmm. to introduce Jesus. They made to a Jesus lives. face before we were talking about Jesus that's faces. True. That's true. And, and that's what I try to do with it is I try to pair up a guy that I know is spiritually mature or spiritually further along with somebody who's maybe newer in the faith mm-hmm. or 
um, kind of in a shell and like, once you work with this guy mm-hmm. and be sure you have some spiritual conversations while you're mm-hmm. working because it's honestly a whole lot easier to talk about personal things for a man like if mm-hmm. you're working and you don't shoulder to shoulder yeah instead of <laughs> instead of eye to eye mm-hmm. like yeah shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. uh, so I try to intentionally do that um, yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. and I'm sure that all of that journey has change the dynamic of your home and the way that you parent and the way that you husband and the way that you lead there as well. Yes. I want to redeem uh, what I said about dad. He's, he is actually a follower of Christ now. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. He, he came to Jesus before I did. Really? Yeah. And so that was really like one of the things that's like, if, if he could do it to Mm. you, then I'm pretty sure it's real, Mm. you know, then, then he's real. Um, but yes, yes, my dad and I uh, get along great now. Mm. Um, we play golf together when we're together. I see him two or three times a year, take the kids to vacations, mm-hmm. you know, family vacations. Um, and, you know, we never really got back to, got around to like this really close, mm-hmm. you know, relationship, but I did give him his letter. Mm. You know, Jeff, for the Father's Day message, I don't know, five or six years ago, was earn your letter. Mm. And I would also encourage any men to, if, if my story with my mm-hmm. dad sounds similar, um, write him a letter, mm-hmm. sit down. And I, I wrote, uh, poured my heart out, mm-hmm. just that you, um, I learned that from you that my bond is my word, mm-hmm. or my word is my bond. You're, the, uh, you're a man of integrity. You are, and he is all of those things. But mm-hmm. I told him the truth, and I didn't, I didn't sugarcoat it or butter it up, mm-hmm. but I just told him the truth yeah. about what I saw in him. And gave him that that letter. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think God wants His spiritual family to be united and to be one. And I'm so thankful that that came back and was redeemed, like you said, and mm-hmm. continued to develop. It's beautiful. Um, I'm still learning what it means to serve my wife, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's the the big lesson lately is mm-hmm. is what does that even mean mm-hmm. uh, you know i i thought it was like doing dishes and stuff mm, uh, acts and, of service i'm hearing this yeah you know, uh, it's but, a beautiful thing but there's there's four other love languages mm-hmm. as well that was my inroad you know cuz then she finally came over and said what are you doing mm-hmm. i'm like well i'm trying to serve you she said well i don't need you to do the dishes mm-hmm. i need you to you know and then mm-hmm. she filled me in with what she needed mm-hmm. me to do it's all about that communication. Though. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, a little teaser, you said, you'll never see us together. And it sounds like she's got some access service. Well, I shouldn't say sounds like it looks like from my perspective, because she serves so faithfully as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you're doing that in different directions, it, we do. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a wonderful way to get to know yourself better through the eyes of God and how he designed you by reading his word, by listening to the sermons, by talking to other men, by getting a mentor, by being a mentor, and just truly seeking his voice for you in every aspect. And it will continue to mature in, in every aspect as well. And um, and then give that away too. So you're, you're knowing it, you're living it, and you're giving it away. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we do here at Grace. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks, Audrey. It's been a long time since I told my story. I'm glad <laughs> I to get a see, chance to do it. I can see those lights going off and maybe some new dots being connected and kind of scrounging back through the filing cabinet a little bit and, and remembering God's faithfulness along the way. Yeah. Awesome. 
Thanks so much. You're welcome.